What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Engage A podcast. It is episode 37. I am here with my co-host, Mike, not joined by Zach today. He is out of town for the new year, so he will not be with us for this episode. We are not sure about the next one. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. We had a lot of games. Yeah, we had a lot of games this past week uh, to discuss. So we got 16 for you today, and we'll get right to it. So starting off with Thursday night football, Jets at Browns. Uh, Cleveland dominated this game out of the gate. They were on the backs of David and Joku and Ford, of course. Those two players are basically the heart and soul of this team right now with Amari Cooper out, and Joe Flacco is able to get it done with those two. Um, Joe Flacco has 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception uh, on this game. He's just been phenomenal. Played against a good defense this week, still gets his 300 yards, three touchdowns, and just looks amazing. The Browns are Honestly, at this point, the Browns are just a playoff game winning team. I really think they're going to go out there and win. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. They'll probably end up playing the uh, uh, AFC South winner, I would assume. Uh, so we'll see whether that's the Texans, the Jags, the Colts, whoever. Um, we'll see who that ends up being, but that will be their most likely opponent. I think I like the Browns matchups across the board there. I mean, that first Browns-Colts game came down to some controversy. The Browns won that game. That who was even quarterback? And that was Deshaun, right? DJ, DJ. Was that the game? Deshaun, Deshaun got hurt. Deshaun, Deshaun got hurt during the game. Yeah, right. just didn't return. So yeah, so it's a completely different Browns team with Flacco, of course. Uh, so we don't really know how to feel about that game. Uh, the Browns and Texans. The Browns won that game as well, right? Uh yeah. And then Jags. Did they play the Jags? Wait. They they did. Yeah. Um. Let's see Browns schedule. Okay, the Cleveland Browns. They beat the Jags, yeah. When um Lawrence did he play that game? Yeah, yeah Trevor Lawrence just didn't play good. Oh yeah, they Texans. he played he played them all recently, yeah. Beat the Jags, beat the Texans, and beat the Colts this season. So um even though it is tough to beat a team twice and they will probably have to do so to move on in the playoffs. Uh I just really love this Cleveland Browns team. I love what they're cooking, and I just I want to see them go far in the playoffs. Yeah, um, as a Colts fan, I'd love to get revenge on them for that loss. But this Browns team is just a different animal right now. Joe Flacco, um, 296 yards in the first half. Um, First QB in 34 games to get over 300 yards against the Jets. Their defense has been great all season, especially. Uh, He is 4-1 as a starter now. Um, He has the Browns fans cheering his name after being a division rival for almost a decade. Uh, Browns were able to clinch the playoffs, like you said, second playoff first since 2002. So good for Cleveland, I guess. Um, they were able to do this missing both starting tackles, Nick Chubb, obviously Deshaun Watts, and I think their um, third string tackle. They didn't have Amari Cooper this week, and they're now 11 and five. Um, just a great season for the Browns overall. Miles Garrett was finally able to get back into the sack column. He had a five game streak without a sack, which is um, just a really long time for someone his, with his talent. Ronnie Hickman, pick six in the first quarter, put this game away basically early. Jets didn't really stand a chance in this game. Uh, Trevor Simeon again playing with uh, Zach Wilson out with a concussion. Um, and the Jets defense, just like I said, did not play good. Probably the worst performance of the season, 428 yards, 37 points. Jermaine Johnson had a nice interception in the first half, pick six, but that was really all they had going for them in this one. Uh, hopefully Elijah Moore is okay. He did pick up a scary concussion. I I don't know if we'll see him again this year, depending on how quickly he's able to turn. Probably not next week, so hopefully he's okay. But congrats to the Browns playoffs. 
All right, moving on here, Saturday night, Lions and Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to start this off by saying I love being able to come on here after every week and spend five to ten minutes talking about the football game that the Detroit Lions played in. Sadly, due to circumstances that are under nobody's control but one man, we have to talk about an official, an official who doesn't deserve any recognition. We have to come on here and talk about him because he changed the full outcome of the game. So Brad Allen, everyone saw the game. I'm, I don't need to explain it. I will either way. Lions drive down the field with a minute 40 seconds left, no timeouts, and put themselves in a position to win this football game in Dallas. They run a play where Taylor Decker, number 68, left tackle, long-time left tackle for the Lions, uh, goes out on a route for a pass and wins the game on a two-point conversion. That play was successful. Jared Goff got the ball to Taylor Decker. Cowboys were confused of what was happening. The Lions scored. After the play, about five, ten seconds after, all of a sudden some flags fly. Brad Allen comes on national television, tells us all that it is illegal touching on Decker because number 70, Dan Skipper, was the one who reported as eligible. You can see after it went it went crazy on social media. ESPN was on it. Taylor Decker was the one to go report. He wasn't going over there with Panay Sewell to chat about how their Christmas was and what their plans are for New Year's with Brad Allen. He was checking into the game and reporting as eligible. Number 70, Dan Skipper, who was allegedly reported as eligible by, by Brad Allen, was nowhere near that conversation. He was running onto the field. There's a couple things that could have happened here. One, which I don't believe is what happened, is that it was, it was just straight up rigged and Brad Allen did this on purpose. I don't believe that happened. I don't want to get into the conspiracy theories. I don't think it was rigged. Brad Allen simply misremembered the number that he was told. He was told number 68 when the play happened. He was told number 68 before the game when Dan Campbell goes up to him and breaks down every trick play that they're going to do and what's going to happen. He's telling him 68 is going to be eligible. He's going through that play. He's going through the fake punt that they did earlier on in the game. He's going through everything. That's what NFL head coaches do before the game to prevent something like this from happening. Regardless, it still happens. And the Lions get a play called back that won them a football game on the road in Dallas. We now know with the Eagles losing on Sunday that it would have clinched the two seed and given them a chance at the one seed. Instead, now they're sitting at the three seed. They're going to have to, if they win their first round playoff game against the Rams, they're going to have to go into Dallas most likely or into Philadelphia and play a road playoff game in a rowdy environment when they could be in Detroit had this not been botched by Brad Allen. Brad Allen is now not going to be roughing in the playoffs. Should be is well-deserved. I don't know if you can give a punishment that's deserved for this. There's many plays that go on in a football game. I don't want to come on here. I haven't come on here all season and said that one play, one random pass interference, one random hold call costs the team a game. But when there's virtually no time on the clock, and this is a play that's going to be a two-point conversion successful. They got it. It's not a what-if. They they scored on the play. And you take it back, completely change the outcome of the game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, that's all I have to say about this. It was completely botched by Brad Allen. And it's an unforgivable mistake that could very well cost the Lions a chance to go to the NFC Championship. About the game itself, I'm actually very happy with how the Lions played. Their defense was phenomenal. There's been so many question marks on the defense. People have just been 
hounding on the defense on social media and saying how this is going to be the kryptonite for the Lions. I can't stop anybody. And for a while, they couldn't. The past three, four, five weeks, they've been pretty solid overall. They played well in Chicago. The offense let them down. They played well against the Saints for a little bit. They played well this week. They played well in uh, circumstances against the Vikings. They turned them over. They gave up a ton of yards. They turned them over. They won the football game. They played well. The Lions controlled the run offense. They controlled the run defense. Uh, like I said in the preview, that was the key to success. You do that. You don't turn the ball over a ton of times. You project, protect Jared Goff. You're going to win the football game. They didn't protect Jared Goff, actually. He was under pressure all game. He's statistically the worst starting quarterback in the league when he's under pressure. Uh, he doesn't have to be under pressure much because the Lions O-line is so good. So when he is, it throws him off, and he wasn't great. He didn't have a horrible game. Uh, his two interceptions were both just crazy plays by the DB, uh, jumping a route. One was a screen. One was a little out route. Uh, Goff definitely missed the ball on the second one. Definitely should have been more towards the sideline. Wouldn't have been picked that way, but regardless, it was a good play by the DB. Uh, C.D. Lamb went off. Uh, outside of uh, C.D. Lamb going off and having that big touchdown and just getting whatever he wanted all game, like I said, the Lions defense basically clamped everything else they had for him. They got the uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks and a forced fumble. He's dominating most uh, defensive linemen and pressures. He has been all season. People wanted to talk, oh, he doesn't finish sacks. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Now he's tied his sack total from last season, and he's going to pass it next week most likely uh, just to go along with all the other stats, hits, pressures, hurries, where he is top of the league in. He now gets a couple sacks to shut everybody up, and he's back to where he needs to be. Um, outside of if this – a uh, robbery of a two-point conversion didn't happen at the end of the game. I think the play I would be looking more towards in this discussion is the 92-yard C.D. Lamb touchdown. Derek Barnes had a sack. He had a safety on Dak Prescott. Instead of hitting him, he looks like he's avoiding him. I'm guessing most likely he thought Dak was going to get rid of it when he pump faked and he didn't want to get a rough in the passer uh, or any sort of late hit. So he kind of avoided him. Then Dak goes and pump fakes and then throws it to C.D. Lamb. Uh, for a 92-yard touchdown, which completely changed the game. Uh, but the Lions get back, and they do what they have to do for the rest of the game. If you take that play away, this game doesn't come down to the end. The Lions probably look like dominant the whole game uh, in Dallas, where they haven't lost in 15, now 16 games. Um, if we're going to talk about what Dan Campbell did after the, the two-point conversion that was successful that got taken away from them for no reason, um, I think I would just say Dan Campbell is an aggressive, aggressive head coach, sometimes to a fault. He goes out there before the offense goes out there to have that game-winning drive, and he says, we're going to go score a touchdown, we're going to go for two, and we're going to win the damn football game. Did he get emotional and try to go for it from the seven after it got taken away from him? Yes. Luckily, they got it back to the two, uh, and at the end of the day, they just couldn't complete it. It's hard to – I mean, if you had to get three touchdowns for a two-point conversion every time, I don't think anyone would ever do it. But uh, regardless, I would have kicked the PAT, but I also wouldn't have done a fake punt from my own 20-yard line that juiced the offense and gained momentum for my team. So at that point, what the hell do I know? I didn't coach this team to 11 wins. I have no reason to be saying that he shouldn't do that. If he's going to be aggressive all game, you're going to have times where it pays off and you're going to have times where it bites you in the ass. Monra and Laporta were great. Uh, J-Mo had a monster play. He got hurt after the play, though. Uh, it was a big catch by him. He's really improved his hands the second half of the season. He's been pretty, pretty solid for the Lions. Uh, Cam Sutton led the team in tackles, but had a, just an absolute brutal day. 
he wasn't supposed to play in this game. He ended up playing, uh, and he just couldn't guard C.D. Lamb. He was just getting cooked left and right. It was a tough, tough game for uh, cornerback one for the Lions. But to wrap this long spiel up, uh, this sucks. I mean, the Lions, like I said, they won the football game. The only thing that would have changed that is a kick return touchdown or a Hail Mary, and that was not going to happen. So the Lions got this win absolutely robbed from them. Clinched them to the number three seed instead of the two with the Eagles losing, which they would have been locked in. And the Niners would have had to play all their starters next week against the Rams. Now they have the one seed clinched. They wouldn't have if Brad Allen doesn't mess up this call. So not only do the Niners now have to play none of their starters next week, they're giving a win to the Rams and essentially locking in the Lions-Rams first-round playoff game. That's a matchup I hate for the Lions. I still think they're going to win the football game. That's a matchup I hate for them, though. And they're just complication on complication of this loss, and it's absolutely disgusting to see. Yeah, I really don't like that matchup of the the Rams, and that two-seed most likely gets to play either Packers, Vikings, one of those teams, and that's considerably just a lot better matchup. It's not even really a question that the Lions really did get hosed by the refs. I, Like you said, I think the refs just got the number mixed up, which is just something you absolutely cannot have happen, especially in a situation this big. Um, you sh- after it, they should have just taken the points, in my opinion, kicked the extra point, go to overtime. But like you said, Dan Campbell's aggressive, wanted to win the game. And if they got it, they could have just told the refs to go fuck themselves, basically. But Jared Goff, solid game. Uh, did have two interceptions. They were only four and 13 on third downs. Got to be better, but offense was okay. Uh, they split the runs again, really, with David Montgomery and um, Jameer Gibbs, 15 for Gibbs, 14 for Montgomery. Uh, again, another nice Jamison Williams game. Only two catches, but 69 yards. It's nice to see him keep getting output in this offense. Really nice to see. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks, like you said. Great for the defense, but I'm just hoping for the Lions' sake that this game, really it getting t- taken from them will help them in the long run, maybe get them more motivated, more pissed off. This could be something good in the long run, but uh, just a bad matchup uh, against the Rams. For the Cowboys, they really got gifted a win here. C.D. Lamb, monster game, though. 13 catches, 227 yards and a touchdown. If you had him in fantasy football in your championship, it was a league-winning performance, possibly. Um just Tony Pollard struggling again. The Lions run defense has been great all year. The defense gave up over 400 yards for the Cowboys, but they were able to get the third down stops, a couple turnovers. And overall, with a lot of help from the referees, the Cowboys were able to finish 8-0 at home this year. Um, just really the refs uh, took this game from the Lions. It's kind of hard to argue it. Um Lions got a lot to play for next week. Now still not a lot to play for next week. Most likely they will be the three seed, but just really hurts that to see a game get taken from them like that. Refs just keep making big decisions late in these games that are influencing games. We saw it. I always talk about the Colts-Browns game. Obviously, we have the Saints playoff game a couple years ago. It's just it's disappointing to see. Refs need to be better. There's a lot of money on these games. There's a lot of just, even for the players, a lot of money on the games with salaries, but it's disappointing. Yeah, it, it's horrible. It's disgusting. Uh, Brad Allen, you're a bitch. This is the third time you've done this this season. You fucked over the Chiefs in that Packers game, and you fucked over the Dolphins in the Eagles game. Ten penalties to zero in that game. Uh, he's an absolute fraud. Fuck that guy. He should never, ever 
ever ref another meaningful playoff or meaningful football game ever in his career. Uh, absolutely horrible by him. For the Lions, Ali McNeil will be back next week. Hopefully, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, to add insult to injury, like I said, the Eagles losing, that would have clinched the two seed. If they won this game, they would add a chance at the one seed. And uh, the NFL, just talk about kicking a team when you're down. The Lions now need a miracle. They need the Eagles and the Cowboys to both lose next week for them to win and move up to the two. The Lions play at noon. Of course, no surprise, the Cowboys and the Eagles both play at 325. Uh, so the Lions have no idea what they're supposed to do. Do you play all your starters and risk an injury, or do you just give them the win, give the uh, Vikings the win, and then if the Eagles and the Cowboys both lose, you look stupid. They're in an impossible situation. Um, they got flexed into that Sunday night game uh last week 18 uh which was nice so they knew what they had to if they had to win or had to lose now they have no idea uh what to do and they're just absolutely put in a fucked spot i'm done talking about it i've been talking about it with my family with my friends for the past three four days um it hasn't uh gotten better at all i'm still fucking livid at this game and in the event one I don't think the Cowboys or and the Eagles are both going to lose. So I hope the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, or they both win uh, if they're not going to both lose. Then Dallas will be the two if the Lions can get past the Rams in that first round. Uh, I know the Lions want the smoke in Dallas again. I want to play Dallas again. Dallas is an inferior football team to the Lions. We saw it for 60 minutes. We can see it for another 60. Um, but we can move on here. Uh, quit talking about that bullshit. Pats at Bills. Um, the Bills won a game here that they had to win. They couldn't lose this game against the Pats, an inferior team. Uh, they did let the Pats hang in for it, hang in there uh, for a while. Not a really special performance from Buffalo. They just kept punting when they needed to get a couple touchdowns, put the nail in the coffin. They kept punting, and the Pats stay in the game. Uh, Josh Allen, also nothing special. He did not have a phenomenal game at all. Um we talked about a couple weeks ago or last week or something. I don't know. It's all blurring together at this point. But about how Josh Allen could maybe win MVP or maybe not win MVP. He's definitely not MVP now uh, after this performance. Um, Buffalo now, though, talking about teams who can move up to the two seed with a win. The Buffalo Bills can get the two seed with a win week 18. Uh, Sunday Night Football in Miami. That's going to be a fun game. I'm happy we got set up for another good one there. That's one of the few things the NFL does right is give us a really good Sunday night game uh, for Week 18, something that matters uh, when they can, and they can this week, and they're giving us a great, fun Miami-Buffalo game Week 18 for the the East and the two-seed. I'm excited for it. Uh, the Bills couldn't lose this game. They didn't, but they also did not look pretty. They did not look pretty. Jalen Rager led this game off with a kick return touchdown. But the Bills defense at home is just a different animal overall. After that, first six drives for the Patriots. Zappi had more interceptions. He had three interceptions, and the team had first downs, uh, two. This defense at home is dominant. Rasul Douglas had a pick six. He had two total interceptions. Zappi kept throwing the ball to him. Ed Oliver had an interception on a ridiculous one-handed pass that was tipped, I think, by Douglas, too. Um, Bill's offense, like you said, wasn't great. Uh, Josh Allen did have two rushing touchdowns tied Jalen Hurts at the time for the record for rushing touchdowns in a single season by a quarterback. Um, Josh Allen with that 15, he's now one short of OJ Simpson's franchise record of 16 running rushing touchdowns. So that'll be interesting to see if he can get that next week against Miami. Finish this game without a passing touchdown, ended a streak of 23 consecutive games for him with a passing touchdown. So 
really the offense wasn't there, but the defense would just able to dominate the Patriots offense that has been weak all season. Stephon Diggs for the Bills quiet again, but did have enough to become uh, one of the NFL's third player to have four or more consecutive seasons with 100 catches, joining Antonio Brown and Marvin Harrison. Uh, and like you said, the Bills, they win, they could become the two seed, but with a loss, they could also miss the playoffs entirely. So a um, lot to play for for the Bills next week. They Luckily, they will know their fate going into the game if they have to win or not, but nice win for the Bills. They need their offense to show up next week. Yeah, I'm hoping for that scenario where it's uh, win, you get the two seed, lose, you are out of the playoffs. That would be a phenomenal scenario. Is there, is there any way? No, the Dolphins can't miss the playoffs. Right? Uh, that, they have the to Dolphins be are. I was about to say, they have to be clenched. Um, moving on here Falcons at Bears. Uh, the Falcons offense understandably struggled in this one. Uh, we said it earlier this week. It was a pretty bad matchup for them against a good run uh, offense and defense in the Bears. Uh, they struggled. Bijan actually had a pretty solid day, but them going down early in this game really hurt his usage overall, and he didn't get to fully perform, but he did perform with the usage that he had. Um, Fields had one of his better games as a Bear. I'm happy Zach's not here to talk about it. Um, but the Bears fans are fully back on him. He plays one bad game where he throws 100 yards and zero touchdowns, one or two picks, and all of a sudden he's the worst quarterback in the world, and then he has one halfway decent game and they're back on him. Um, I mean, I don't know what to think about him either, uh, but that the the treatment of Fields and the Bears fan base is just hilarious to watch. You saw the we want Fields chance at the end of the game. Um, when, what was it, week five, week six, it was, I'm out on Fields. I'm a 0% in on Fields. And all of a sudden he's good again. Yeah. But uh big Khalil Herbert game. Uh he had was well played well on the ground. Uh the Bears just dominated the trenches, which is how you had to win this game. It was perfectly set up matchup for them. Little snow in this one, uh up and down. Bears are eliminated from the playoffs, though, because the Packers and the Vikings did not tie on Sunday night football. But they got a big momentum game in Green Bay next week and a chance to do what the Lions did last year. Yep, game had some flurries. Nice to see. We haven't really had a snow game yet this season. Uh, and if there's a team you want to see, you don't want to see, I guess, with no pressure on the line for him, which is the Bears in this game. No pressure on Justin Fields, really. Uh, nothing to lose in this game. Could be his last one in Chicago, and he has maybe his best game in Chicago. 268 passing yards, passing and rushing touchdown. Uh, D got the ball to DJ Moore, who had a big day, 159 yards and a touchdown. And like you said, Herbert had a big day with 124 rushing yards and a touchdown. This Bears team playing with really no pressure on them is just a lot better than when they actually have pressure, especially Justin Fields. We saw it a couple times this year where they had a game that could boost their chances at the playoffs, put them in the uh, playoff picture, and Fields just puts up a bad performance. This game really has no pressure on him. He puts out a great performance, so... Uh, he's going against the Falcons team that had a great week last week against the Colts, especially offensively. Heineke looked pretty solid last week, and they were unable to get that going this week. Bears defense just shut him down. Uh, 163 yards, one touchdown, three picks for Heineke. He left the game in like the third or fourth quarter with an ankle injury. Desmond Ritter comes in. He throws an interception. So this Falcons offense just continues to be inconsistent. Somehow they still have a chance to make the playoffs with a win next week and a Buccaneers loss. They don't deserve it, but uh, they have a chance. Bijan Robinson, Ty to Williams, um, 
tied the rookie record of 1,332 scrimmage yards set in 1979. He had 75 yards rushing in this game, 11 receiving. Falcons team, we talked about it all year. They're solid at home on the road. They're pretty bad, 2-6 and six now this season. Um, uh, overall, for the Bears this season, a lot has happened. Their defensive coordinator resigned. Question marks with Fields. He got hurt when they were 1-5. and five. They've won four out of their last five, though. Uh, next week, they got a chance to spoil the Packers' playoff chances. If Justin Fields has another great game, I can definitely see them keeping him into next year and rolling with maybe Marvin Harrison or something in the draft, maybe trade back. But it'll be interesting to see. This, he has to show it that he can play in pressure moments. He hasn't. They won't be able to determine that this season. But it kind of seems like now it's back to Fields again for next year. Yep, moving on here to Raiders at Colts. Uh, solid game from Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he played great against a Raiders uh, rush defense uh, that is not phenomenal, but he did what he had to do in this game. AOC uh, had a good mistake-free game uh, for the most part in this one. Uh, but overall, the Colts had solid control of this game for most of it. Uh, the Raiders did come back to cover late, so shout out them for that, but it didn't mean anything uh, for the actual game itself. Neither team had a turnover in this game, which you don't see very often. So it was really a mistake-free game from everybody all around uh, in this one. The Raiders prove once again that they are a solid team that's competing with all. They are. They had a rough start, and they don't have a ton of talent overall, but they are not that far off from that group of teams in the AFC that's currently fighting for their lives, and the Colts and the Bengals and the Jaguars and the Texans. I don't think they're that far, and the Steelers and whatnot in that whole group. Um, I think they're right there. Their defense has been great. It's still been good. They didn't get any uh, takeaways this game, but uh, neither did the Colts, so it didn't affect them that much. Uh, the Raiders, like I said, I think they're a solid team. Um, I don't know who they play next week. Is it the Chiefs? Or they already play the Chiefs twice? Broncos. The Broncos, okay. Uh, at home, I think they win that game. I think they improved to 8-9 and nine. And in a year where you fire your head coach and it looked like everything was going bad. You put in a quarterback you took in the late late rounds of the NFL draft, a rookie, and you still finish with eight wins. I think that tells you you have some pretty decent coaching uh, from AP and whatnot, and you got a team that fully bought in uh, with a lack of talent. Uh, but overall, I'm still high on the Raiders. Um, I like the Colts as well, but it's really – I mean, it's been this for a few weeks now for the Colts. It's going to come down to that last game. Yeah, Colts got the job done at home, did what they needed to do. They've been pretty good at home here down the stretch. Antonio Pierce is the third interim coach in this. Uh, we played the Raiders the last three seasons, 2021. It was Rich Bisaccia last year, Jeff Saturday, and now Antonio Pierce. So three straight years wow. of interim head coach. Um, interesting to see. Colts have won two out of the three now, both when, uh, in the last two seasons. Shane Steichen, he said it all year. He wants to pass to score and run to win, and the Colts did exactly that in this one. Jonathan Taylor, season high, 96 yards, got a touchdown, solid second game back from his little IR stint. Gardner Minshew played all right in this one. First or second possession, he missed Alec Pierce on a deep ball where Alec Pierce ran a post, was wide open, no one within 15 yards of him, threw a check down on third down. Didn't get it. Uh, possession or two later, very similar play. He finds him open 58-yard touchdown for Alec Pierce. That was his second 50-yard completion of the game. He had one on the first drive to Josh Downs. So, solid game for Minshew, and he did what I 
would say he, if I was there on the preview, what he had to do in this one, no turnovers. Like you said, this Colts team is better when they get no turnovers. Like most teams are Colts defense played solid. Zaire Franklin, 10 tackles. He's at 172. He broke his record from last season, franchise record for tackles in a single season. So nice to see him do that. Colts got Braden Smith back in this one. He had a great game. I think Max Crosby only had one pressure or something. So nice to see when he was against Braden Smith. Nice to see that from him. Out of nowhere on Friday, Kenny Moore picked up a back injury. I think he did not play in this one. Hopefully he expects to play next week. That was very concerning going into this game for me. But Colts got the win. Um, Raiders, they were able to keep themselves in the hunt for a while, but they have been eliminated, unable to get it done. And I'm with you. This Raiders team, I think if Antonio Pierce is there all year, they might be in the playoffs at this point. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, late-round draft pick, rookie, and they've been able to win some pretty big games with him. He had almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, both to Devontae Adams, who had a great game, 13 catches, 126 yards, and two touchdowns from him. He topped the 1,000-yard mark for the fourth consecutive seasons. He needs two receptions for his fifth 100-catch, 1,000-yard season of his career. So he just continues to put the numbers in. Zamir White had another solid game with uh, 71 yards rushing. But Colts get the win, and they're in a playoff game no matter how you put it next week. It might not be the NFL playoffs, but it is a playoff game. You win, you're in the playoffs, you lose, you go home Saturday night at Yep. Uh, moving on here, Rams at Giants. Uh, the Rams tried to give this game to the Giants. This is a game that, like I said, all but locked up that six seed for them and that Matthew Stafford homecoming to Detroit game that if the Lions win, I'll feel great about. And I'll be like, yeah, it was a sick moment to see the Lions kill all their demons here. Uh, and if they lose, it is a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking loss for the Lions. Uh, but the Rams almost screwed themselves in this one. Their offense stalled whenever they had a chance to put this game away. They would have a chance to go, okay, let's go score, go up a couple scores, and then they punt and they punt, and then they put themselves in a position where the Giants can score, and then it's right back to square one. The Giants missed a field goal. Uh, that would have won them this game. It would have been nice to see go in. I was rooting for them to get that one. Uh, but like I said, that lot basically max up. Matt locks up the matchup with Detroit uh, in the first round. The Rams' offense is really good, similar to the Lions, actually. Uh, I think the Rams overall are a pretty similar team to the Lions as far as uh, what kills them and what uh, rows their boat. When they have uh, the run game going and they can open up the pass for their uh, pocket passing quarterback with great weapons they're going to be in a good spot the defense you never know what you're going to get from either of these defenses overall you both both defenses have one big playmaker that's going to go out there and do what they need to do to have their impact on the game but do they get help from everybody else that's the question um, both teams when they turn the ball over that's when they you see them start to fall apart the offense slows down and the defense starts to give up some points uh, so I think that matchup is just going to be uh, I think it's going to be fun uh, but regardless, the Rams almost choked here. Uh, thank God for them they didn't. Yeah, squeak away and barely did. Kyron Williams continues to be great. All three of their big weapons on offense continue to be great. Cooper Cup had a touchdown. Kyron Williams, 87 yards, three touchdowns. He's been phenomenal for them all season. Puka Nakua had an 80-yard catch and run, finished with five catches, 118 yards. He's full reception side of breaking the NFL single season record for rookies set by Waddle a couple of years ago of 104 catches. And he needs 29 yards to pass Bill Groman 
uh, for the most yards receiving in a single season by a rookie in franchise history. So just a great season from Puka Nakua. He should finish top three in offensive rookie of the year with C.J. Stroud at least. Uh, Stafford, he was solid in this game, not great. He had two picks, did have a touchdown at 317 yards, but didn't need to turnovers. Giants kept themselves in this game. Uh, 94-yard punt return touchdown with 327 left. Uh, went for two after an approachment penalty and didn't get it on a missed throw by Tyrod Taylor. Uh, they got the ball back, got themselves back in position to kick a game-winning field goal. Mason Crosby from the grave, he was unable to hit the 56-yarder. Tyrod Taylor had a nice scramble, 31 yards to get him in that position, but not the cleanest game for the Rams, but you have won three games in a row. You've clinched a playoff spot. You've won six of your last seven. This team is hot, and you don't want to play them at this point. Their offense is scary. They have the better weapons than the Lions, I'd say, pretty easily, but the Lions have a lot better, are a lot better offensively in the trenches. So it's a battle of would you rather be better in the trenches or weapons rise. So we'll see how that works out in the playoffs. But I'm excited for that game. It's going to be a tough one. I do think there's a bigger gap in the trenches than the weapons. Though. Yeah, I'd agree. Because, I mean, you still got – I mean, you're going to obviously take Cooper Cup and Nakua over Amon Ra and J-Mo, but Amon Ra and J-Mo are still pretty good, and you have Laporta you throw in there too, and Gibbs, of course. But, Montgomery. And, yeah, Montgomery, and then they have Kyron Williams. It's it's going to be it's gonna be a fun one, hopefully. But uh, I'm going to skip this next game here so we can do this one really quickly. Uh, 49ers at Commanders. Uh, this was a game for a little bit. I was like, if the Niners fucking lose this game, after what happened to the Lions last night, and they would have been a win away from the one seed, I would have lost my mind. If the Niners lose next week too, or well, they're going to bet their starter, so it doesn't matter. But regardless, um, Brock Purdy and the 49ers played solid, I guess. They held off the Commanders team that was only down three at half. They were in this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. He'll be back for the playoffs, though. They're going to sit him next week with most of their other starters, I would assume. Uh, Sam Howell did play this whole game. Was solid in the first half, I guess and pretty bad in the second half uh, overall, but they did not switch to Brissett this game. Uh, not much to say about this one for me. Niners clinch the one seed, give the Rams a free win next week, uh, like we spoke of before. And uh, they are the underrated ultimate beneficiaries of this Lions debacle because that's a tough game against the Rams next week, and they would have been fighting for their lives. 100%. I agree with that. CMC with that calf injury, I guess it's a strained calf or whatever. Now he gets two weeks of rest, most likely to get ready for playoff football. Uh, that's just big to get rest for all this team. They've had some injuries this season. Debo's been hurt. Trent Williams has been hurt, but they can get two weeks to get those guys rested and ready to go. Uh, Purdy, four interceptions last week against the Ravens, pretty bad. Was solid in this one, 22 of 28, 230 yards. I would have liked to see more from him considering how bad this commander's defense has been. He's close to getting the franchise record in yards on the season. Um, Sam Howell understandably struggled again against a pretty solid 49ers defense, 169 yards, but he was at least able to complete passes in this one. Uh, struggled in the last couple of games to do that. He did add to his NFL lead in interceptions. He had number 18 and 19, two picks on the game. Commanders, again, really no run game. Brian Robinson, 44 yards on nine carries. Um, Commanders have lost seven in a row. They could draft as high as second this season. Most, uh, with how Sam Howell played, it's pretty – you'd think they ha might have to go for a quarterback and maybe they luck into Caleb Williams. Maybe they go Drake May. I don't know. Um, disappointed from Jahan Dotson again. 
if we have a studs and duds for the season at the end, <laughs> I would almost put Jahan Dotson in my yeah. duds. Just disappointed. Zero catches on one target this week. Uh, really bad sophomore season for him. Uh, a return to Washington for a couple guys, Chase Young, Trent Williams, Kyle Shanahan as well. They come out with a win, clinch that one seed, get to rest next week into the playoffs. All right. Moving on to another beneficiary here, Cardinals at Eagles. This game, uh, like I said earlier, uh, matters a lot to the Lions. It wouldn't have mattered much at all to them if they if the debacle didn't happen on Saturday night. But overall, Kyler and the Cardinals looked pretty good, especially in the second half. Uh, I got a lot to say about the Eagles, but I'll just start with the Cardinals. The second half, they went four for four on their drives, all touchdowns, 75 yards, 77 yards, 77 yards, and 70. Uh, just four big drives in a row from them, and they were fantastic. It turned into being just a crazy second-half game here. The Eagles' defense is very, very suspect, and their offense just takes halves off at times. Like, they just didn't play well on offense in the or defense in the second half. Of this one they played well in the first half and they just completely blew it they just have they can never consistently have a full great offensive game especially Jalen Hurts who just has been pretty disappointing this year overall the Eagles have the third worst third down defense in the league it's killed them all year uh that's got a I know it's only been a couple weeks but that's got Matt Patricia written all over it um it's not working out for them it's looking like patricia was just <laughs> a bad idea who would have thought right and i mean when has he ever messed up royally in his career um but yeah losing this game at home against the cardinals uh for philadelphia is just embarrassing it makes it to the point where i know i said i want that cowboys rematch in the second round but i would much rather play the eagles i think if it was in detroit i think i'd rather go to dallas just to be indoors but Overall, um, the Eagles are just – they're not a team I'm scared of. If I had to just off the top of my head think of the five teams that I like the most right now in the NFL, it's got to be Ravens – no order. Ravens, Chiefs. Niners. Niners, Lions, the winner of Buffalo, Miami, and then the yeah. Cowboys. Those would be my five. Or was that five? That was, that was five. That was, that was five. six. It was six. If you said the winner, though. Yeah, but it was three and three. I gave three from each because I said Ravens, no order. Ravens, Chiefs, Niners, Cowboys, then the winner of that game. I Yeah, it's five. Did I not see the Lions there? Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, Niners, Lions. And then the winner, and then the Cowboys would be six. I did name six. But okay. Yeah. I, I thought I had five. I said the Cowboys at the end. Regardless, it is the the group of five teams I think I'm the most convinced about. The Eagles are somewhere in that seven or eight range. I think I even maybe like them more than the loser of that game between the Dolphins and the Bills. So seven or eight range for them. I got them. I don't think they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're gonna make the Super Bowl. Um, this is just a fraudulent defense. It's an offense that can never put together a full game and we're seeing it against some of the worst teams here at home. Yeah, just not the same team we saw last season at all. They started out 10 and 1, got to December and they were 10 and 1 and we really still hadn't seen them really dominate like they did last year. We didn't know if they were going to figure it out. We just kind of assumed they would and really the opposite has happened. They are now 11 and 5. Um they needed to win out against the Cardinals and the Giants to win the division. You lose here to the Cardinals and just a 
just a terrible performance, especially by your defense. Offense really didn't have it going either. Defense did get a 99-yard pick six, Sidney Brown, and they still couldn't get it done. Um, struggled to get off the field offensively. They had two touchdowns by Julio Jones out of everyone. That was surprising. A.J. Brown was kind of quiet again. Devontae Smith picks up an injury late to add insult to injury. They expect it to be just a mild ankle sprain. Um, hopefully he can get ready to go for the playoffs, maybe play next week. I don't know. But I'm just super impressed by the Cardinals. This is a game where you, you really have nothing to play for. A lot of teams maybe don't even show up. But Jonathan Gannon has them show up. This win obviously hurts their draft positioning, but it's really a big win for their culture. James Conner was great again, 128 yards on 26 carries. Kyler Murray, he had that bad pick six. Um, miscommunication with the receiver, but overall 25 for 31, 232 yards got better as the game went on. Their offense finished with 449 total yards, scored all, scored on every single possession in the second half, rushed for 221 yards. They never punted and really just a phenomenal job by Jonathan Gannon. Went into Philadelphia and just completely outcoached Nick Sirianni, his former employer, uh, head coach of his team. He was the DC and just dominated him and his staff and uh, with half the resources that the Eagles have out there. So what a game by him. Eagles really disappointing. What a win for the Cardinals, man. I'm happy for him, especially Jonathan Gannon. That's just a big win. And a lot of people thought maybe that was a weird head coaching hire. He had some weird clips in the offseason, but this Cardinals team has rallied around him and he's been great. Yeah, he's an odd guy, but um, he's been a good coach this year. Both him and Steichen have uh... – NFL Twitter streets are saying that Sirianni might be a coordinator merchant. I I think he is a coordinator merchant. We'll see. Do you think he still cries for the national anthem when he's at home or only when he's at the game? I don't think so. But that talk, he's been a lot quieter recently. Where's a all lot the quieter. In the tunnels. Mm-hmm. In the tunnels after the Chiefs game, screaming on the Colts sideline last season. I don't see that talking by him anymore. And he used to be a Colts coach, but. I... Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> but. Moving on here, Saints and Bucks. We were talking about this game uh, off camera yesterday. Uh, just disappointing for the Bucks. A game where you could have locked up the division and not had to do anything next week. Now you're fighting for your life next week. Luckily for them, they still have the tiebreaker with the Saints. If they win and the Saints win, they still get the division over the Saints. So the Bucks are still winning in, uh, which is surprising to me. But the Saints, after getting a monster road win against the team that was leading your division. It's pretty deflating to not still control your own destiny. Uh, but there's a lot of situations where the Saints make the playoffs without winning the division, so they still are fighting for a lot next week. Um, the Saints just dominated this game. Another mid-game from Rashad White. He was great. He sucked the first like three games of the season. He sucked the last like two. In between that, he's been great, uh, but he's starting to fall off a little bit here. We'll see if that continues. Um, Tampa Bay scored their first points at the 750 mark in the fourth quarter. Uh, you just can't do that in a game that you need to win to lock up your division, have a T-shirt and hat game at home. They don't pull that off, and it's just brutal for them throughout this game. This game was not close, uh, and it the scoreboard at the end looks a little closer than it was in late touchdowns from the uh, Bucks. But like I said, uh, this uh, Tampa Bay still has the tiebreaker. Uh, but the Saints, I did look into it. Uh, the Saints could miss the playoffs strictly because of that blown fourth quarter game against Green Bay in like week three. That game is going to 
very, very possibly catch up to them. They are big Bears fans next week, uh, but it's it's crazy how some of these just random matchups early on in the season could decide your whole season, and there's a very, very good chance that happens for the Saints. Yeah, we'll get to it uh, soon on our next episode. A lot of big games next week, though. Great job by the scheduling. Maybe it's uh, scripted, maybe not, but great job. But this game, Bucks home game, and they just got steamrolled. Luckily for them, like you said, they still control their own destiny, but really disappointing. Baker Mayfield's played great recently, came back to earth on this one, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Stats-wise, he went 22 of 33, 309 yards, two interceptions, two touchdowns, had f- two fumbles, I think, too. Um, didn't get the Bucks in the end zone until the fourth quarter, like you said. And This team just came out flat, down 17 to nothing at halftime. Uh, Saints ran twice as many plays, 38 to 19. They outgained the Bucks 202 to 44 yards in the first half. Just really disappointing from the Bucks. Uh, Saints they played a solid game all around. No no interceptions from Derek Carr, which you want to see from him. 24 for 32, 197 yards. Jawan Johnson had a big game, eight catches, 90 yards. They just did what they had to do. Let their defense dominate the Bucks offense. Baker Mayfield had a, under 100 passing yards through the first three quarters. A lot of garbage time points. That's basically what this whole game was. Um, big win for the Saints. Now they keep themselves in the hunt for the division title. Got to win next week and hope the Bucks lose if you want that. But nice win for them. They needed it. Moving on here to Panthers at Jags uh, with the notifications we just got on our phone. This is very say, convenient. David, David Tepper has just been fined 300 racks for throwing his his drink at a fan at the Jags game. Uh, that is just hilarious. He just continues to be a hilarious owner and just, I don't even know what to say. It's just so funny. The, the video, I just can't stop watching it. Um, but when your team, hey, I've... I'm not an owner of my team, but when my team is the worst team in the league, you 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 want to throw your drinks at people. I've wanted to throw my drinks at some some Bears fans in my day, uh, but I can't afford a three hundred thousand dollar fine right now, so I'm holding back. But regardless, um, Bryce Young had a pretty embarrassing game here against a slumping defense. Jags defense played really good for the first time in like a month now uh, against the Panthers team that looked like they were starting to figure it out. Maybe a little bit offensively, they. Did not have it figured out this game. Uh, it's a big Jags win when they finally rest Trevor Lawrence. They get the win. Good for them. Uh, this would have been tough for them if they took the chance and rested him and lost. They didn't even get close to losing this game. Uh, ETN had his first big game in like two months, basically since London, it feels like. Um, he hasn't been good, but he was really good this game against the Panthers run defense. That was just trash. Um, but the Bears now have that number one pick. My plan didn't work out. My original plan, plan V1, was beat the Packers, get killed by the Jags, beat the Bucks. Plan V2 had to be adjusted to them winning this game. Uh, they didn't. There will be no plan V3, sadly. Uh, but it was a hell of a ride. It was a hell of a ride. Um, really disappointing from the Panthers. And this one coming off of one of Bryce, probably Bryce Young's best game of his career. Really couldn't get anything going in this one. Uh, for the Jags, C.J. Beathard looked Pretty solid in this one. Shout out to um, them for finally playing him and resting Trevor Lawrence, giving him a chance to heal his body a little bit. Travis Etienne, two touchdowns. He's really a touchdown merchant at this point. He did have the longest run of his professional career, 62 yards, finished with 102 yards rushing. So big game from him. 
usually the motor of their offense in this one. They end their four-game skid, finally picking up at least a win in December, winning 26 to nothing, shutout for the defense. And this was really a record-breaking weekend for them in Jacksonville. ETN became the first franchise player since Maurice Jones drew uh, Jacksonville legend 2009 with at least 10 rushing touchdowns in a single season. Evan Engram, he's been great this season for the Jags. Tight end, six catches, 60 yards in this game. He became the eighth tight end in NFL history to catch at least 100 passes in a regular season. And defensive end Josh Allen was able to set their single-season sack record with 14-and-a-half sack. He's pretty close to their franchise record in sacks already, so he could destroy that record in his career there, hopefully for the Jags. He's there long-term. For the Panthers, just not much to say. You're 0-9 on the road now. You got your owner throwing drinks at fans. Only 112 yards passing, nothing working offensively, just really disappointing. You got to hope Bryce Young can come out next week if he plays and have a solid game and at least end the season on some sort of a high note. Um, Jacksonville, they can clinch the division next weekend against Tennessee. A loss would hand AFC South, no matter what, to the winner of Houston-Indianapolis. So they have a lot to play for still next week. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence is ready to go or not. Meanwhile, the Panthers have secured back-to-back number one overall picks for the Chicago Bears to start the draft. The Colts winning the division would just be fucking crazy after everything that's happened. Haven't won it since 2014. Longest. Really? It's 14? Yeah, longest drop by an NFC South team right now. Mm, Probably one of the longer. Is it the longest? No, the Jets probably are. Oh, yeah, definitely the Jets. The Jets. I'm trying to think of who else are the big ones. Not the Lions anymore. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, we don't know. The Bears, maybe? Yeah, probably. <laughs> or no, the Bears won it in 18. Um, oh, yeah. Let's think really quick. Rams, no. Cardinals? No, the Cardinals won it in, like, 15. I don't know. I do not know. It's not going to be a West team. It won't be a North team. Uh, The Commanders? Commanders very well could be. Or no, they... Did they win it the year they went seven, eight, and one or some shit? Oh, the Dolphins. Yeah, oh, the Dolphins. Yeah, duh, duh, duh. Dolphins they, are up there. They had a chance to end that drought also. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, Dolphins at Ravens. Um, Lamar and the Ravens dominated this game. Uh, it seems like I really lit a fire under the Ravens' ass um, and did the exact opposite for the Cowboys when I was uh, firing off takes a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Ravens score touchdown on eight of their 11 drives, which is just stupid. Uh, it was insane to watch, really. Lamar Jackson was just a freak of nature, locked up the MVP, guaranteed for him. That'll be a second career MVP. And he kind of stole this one, really. He wasn't the like one of the top few names for even in the week 15. And then he goes and he gets a big win week 16, a big win week 17. And all of a sudden, he's a hands on, odds on favorite. Um, Bradley Chubb, he's out for the season. Sadly, it's a bad injury. Um, you really hate to see that for this Dolphins defense. This is a defense that needs their star players to stay alive and hang in there and play good football to complement how good their offense has been all season. Um, the Ravens offense just had an unbel- – they have had unbelievable games. They played pretty well against the Niners. They played amazing this game. They need to keep that consistent to win the Super Bowl. Their defense, I am sold on now. The way they played this week and last week, I'm sold on their defense. I'm convinced on that. 
it's going to just depend on how many great offensive games they could stack in a row because they've gone cold. I mean, you even saw when they played like the Cardinals earlier on in the season, they went stagnant in Arizona and they just didn't play well. If they don't go stagnant, I think they could definitely make and or win the Super Bowl. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what we get out of them. I One thing I just wanted to touch on, I know uh, Dolphins fans were pissed off because they thought the Ravens were running up the score after the Bradley Chubb injury. There's one team this NFL season that can't be talking about running it up the score. It's a team that dropped 70 points on the Broncos week four or week three or whatever it was. Uh, so that was wild, but you really, really hate to see the Bradley Chubb injury. Yeah, really hate to see it. He both Chubbs we lost this year. Tough. Yeah, both Chubbs. And he was screaming in pain. You could hear it on the broadcast. It was pretty sad. Um, hopefully he can come make a full recovery and come back next season. Um, just sucks to see. But the Ravens, on to the Ravens. Six straight wins in those games. They beat the the Rams, the Jags, 49ers, and Dolphins. Four great teams. Like you said, Lamar's basically secured MVP at this point. He has been special this season considering how he's really changed how he plays. He's not as aggressive running the football. Um, more of more focused on passing. I hope as a Colts fan, Anthony Richardson has been watching a lot of film and tries to model his game a little bit after him. I think that'd be very good for him. Um, Lamar Jackson, 18 for 21, didn't throw an interception, perfect pass rating, 158.3. Uh, he had a perfect pass rating against Miami in 2019. He now joins Tom Brady against Detroit as the only quarterback with two perfect pass ratings against the same team with a minimum of 20 attempts. So, Lamar special, and at this point, he owns Miami like he also owns the NFC. They've clinched the one seed in the AFC. Well-deserved. This team is 11-3. and three. They've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with injuries for almost every season, and this is big for them. Lamar Jackson, he's missed the last two Baltimore seasons because of injuries. They should rest him next week, and he shouldn't have to worry about that and get a couple weeks off to be 100% healthy with this team. Uh, I don't think Harbaugh's committed to resting him or not, but I think that'd be obviously the smart move. He had more touchdown passes than incompletions in this one. Just another dominating game from him. From the Dolphins, just very disappointing uh, game that you could have won the division. Now you got to go and play Buffalo, a team that dominated you earlier in this season. Uh, Tyreek Hill dropped a touchdown early in this game. Um, he's he, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL, but it's every couple weeks. He just has like, one drop that's just like mind-boggling because it's Tyreek Hill, but um, big win for the Ravens. Odell said this is the best team he's played with. They get a couple weeks to get healthy and get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, Brady stole a cheap one in 2020 against the Lions, and he was on the box. That was a, that was a cheap ass passer rating, but whatever. Um, when they, well, yeah, when they won the Super Bowl, and the Lions were one of the worst teams in the league. But um, <laughs> Titans at Texans. Um, Stroud came back in this game. He had another interception-free game. He's just consistent. He's not going to throw a ton of picks, which is, I mean, all you can ask for from a rookie quarterback. Uh, if you're going to go in there and make plays and not make a ton of mistakes, you're going to win more games than you lose. Um, Vrabel really pissed off after the loss, just gr grilling reporters and shit, just um, kind of ruining. Like, he was one of the more likable coaches, I felt like. And this year, I've just kind of really gone sour on him. Uh, just the way that he's handled the quarterback situation, uh, I just disagree with that. Uh, he seems he's really whiny after losses. It's almost like he saw Dan Campbell get away with being pissed off after the Cowboys game, and he was like, fuck it, I guess I can too. Uh, the difference is Dan Campbell's done that one time, and Vrabel goes up there and gets pissy with reporters, it seems like, every week. But um, the Texans got up 20-0 early in this game. 
uh, which is a horrible script for the Titans, as we know, with Derrick Henry going down 20 to zero is just never good for them. Going down to anything is never good for them. The Texans offense stalled in the second half, but they were already up so much that it didn't really matter. Uh, and the same thing with the Colts. They did what they had to do this game. Now they got that game with the Colts for essentially the division next week. Yeah, um, big win for them there. C.J. Stroud solid first game back. Uh, Sheldon Rankings had a defensive touchdown. It's always fun to see a big, he's 287-pound defensive tackle get a touchdown. Their defense was very good in this one. Will Anderson was back, the third overall pick in the draft. He had sacks on consecutive plays. Uh, good for him. Uh, Texans had six sacks in the first matchup a couple weeks ago. They finished with seven in this one. I might have got that opposite, but Will Levis injured again. Uh, sucks to see. I said a couple weeks ago that he took too many unnecessary hits, and now a couple weeks in a row he's been getting taken out of games, so you can see the ramifications from these hits starting to pile up. Frable said he hopes the injury isn't too serious, but you really want to see him out there and developing. Ryan Tannehill, like you said, we have to see him play again. That sucks. Due for 168 yards. Couldn't get him in the end zone. He's just pretty bad. Uh, Titans lose second time in three weeks, and uh, post-game Tannehill, great quote from him. He just said, uh, we've got to do better of doing our job all around. If it's blocking, then blocking. If it's catching, catching. If it's throwing, then throwing. Whatever the case is, we just got to be better. We just got to do a better job of doing our job. Um, my brother, you're in charge of the throwing, so you should just be better. Um, <laughs> win for the Texans, and they're in the playoffs next week. Big game. Yep. Um, I didn't even realize Levis got hurt in that game and started. I thought Tannehill started. Yeah, I guess started. I guess not. It just doesn't make any sense why you're flipping and flopping, but whatever. I guess that Belichick coaching tree is doing their thing. But um, moving on here, Steelers at Seahawks. Um, Najee had his best game in two years. Uh, this game, he was amazing for them. He was the bell cow against the Seahawks run defense that struggled mightily. Uh, Mason Rudolph had no touchdowns, no picks, but he was really good. He will be the Pittsburgh starting QB for the rest of the season, regardless of if Pickett is healthy or not. Um, so what does that mean for Kenny? I mean, I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett guy. I think you're in a situation where you probably draft somebody uh, or you keep uh, the rotation of you got a guy in Kenny Pickett who was drafted high. He's a likable guy. Um, he has his moments, but he has not been great at any point in his first two seasons but you drafted him in the first round two years ago so it's like damn what do we do you have mason rudolph or sorry you have mr Trubisky, your second string he was just bad in the time in there in the game you gave you got he got a second and third chance in uh buffalo and pittsburgh and it's just not really working out for him he just whenever he gets on the field he just can't really do much and then you got mason rudolph who has been with the team the longest and he's not the most flashy or the best quarterback but at the end of the day, the Steelers just need wins right now, and he's gotten them wins back-to-back weeks, so he's been great. George Pickens, two great games in a row with him at quarterback. Uh, Steelers win the turnover battle 1-0 to zero in this game. If they don't turn the ball over, they're, over, they're going to be in a good spot most of the time. The Seahawks don't turn it over a ton, so they didn't really get to capitalize over on that, but that's a big win in Seattle for the Steelers, a big, big win. Yeah, big win. Another winning season for Mike Tomlin, like, always happens they keep their playoff hopes alive hurt the Seahawks Mason Rudolph second straight start and he played pretty well 18 for 24 274 yards but like you said the run game was just dominant in this one Najee Harris four and a half yards per carry 
reached that 100 yard mark for the first time since week 17 of last year. 122 yards, two touchdowns for him. Warren had 75 yards and a touchdown. The running game for the Steelers, it's been when it's good, their best strength. Uh, another big game for Pickens, two weeks in a row. He had the no block drama with Jalen Warren, had a pretty bad game against the Colts. And here he has seven catches, 131 yards, back to back big weeks. He now has 1,140 yards on the season on only 63 receptions. That's an average of 18.1. Very impressive. A lot of his work is on the deeper passes and yards after catch. The Steelers are going to need help next week, but we'll get to that later. Nice win, and it's very nice to see how this team has responded from all the drama that unfolded during and after the Colts game. Yep, moving on here to a game I just really don't really care about at all. Chargers and Broncos, I mean, doesn't matter either way. Uh, another quarterback situation that I don't understand and I frankly hate. Uh, Russell Wilson has just been completely shafted here due to his contract. And maybe you could say due to him as a person. I know it's been really rocky in his couple of years there with the Broncos, but he was solid this year, man. He had 26 touchdowns to eight picks in his time starting for the Broncos. There is so, so many quarterbacks who can't do that in this league. And the fact that they're just going to mail it in with him when – you saw when the defense played well, all of a sudden they go on a six-game win streak and they're winning games. And then he has one bad offensive game against, granted, the Patriots, but they're one of the – they they're probably – I don't know if I have their exact stats on yardage or on defense. Uh, I want to get it because I know I know they've had a statistically pretty solid season. Uh, let's see. It was really the Dolphins game that skewed it pretty bad for him, giving up the 70 points, but – I mean, you remove that game, they're probably in yeah, the top third. Definitely. I mean, I was – hold on, I'm looking at the Pats here. Yeah, Pats are middle of the league in pass defense. Where are they at in rush defense? They're middle They're middle of the league in both. Um, or no, they're – oh, wow, I didn't even – I missed that. They are currently second in run defense. For a team that's always losing – and teams are running the ball on them, them being second in run defense is impressive. And the fact that it seemed like the Broncos just used that game of Russell Wilson and the offense not playing well to just be like, all right, Russ, we're done with your whole contract thing. We're done. We're going to start Stidham now. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Stidham was okay, I guess. Uh, this game sucked, though. The Chargers, they're, they were back to their old offensive Easton stick. Uh, after playing okay against the Bills last week. Uh, but overall, I don't have much to say about this game at all. I mean, the Broncos won. They're not going to be in the playoffs. The Chargers lost. They're not going to be in the playoffs. So, Yeah, um, I didn't get to talk. Well, I don't think you guys knew the whole thing of the Russ story. But uh, with everything that's coming out, it's just very disappointing to see from the Broncos what they did to Russell Wilson. It's, mm-hmm. it's just incredibly disrespectful to a guy who's still putting his body out there every week no matter what. And just deciding to move on on from him, especially after a big win against the Chiefs, who you hadn't beat in a long time. Um, the fact that he was still playing through it and was playing pretty solid, like you said, is pretty impressive. Um, it's definitely going to hurt no matter what, unless you get maybe a rookie quarterback in there. Who's going to really want to go and play for this Broncos team after that, after seeing how they treat a guy that they pay that much money to? That's what I, I'm saying. Anybody in free agency is going to have to look at that agents as well and think uh, maybe if another team offered me the same amount, a little bit less, I'm going to go there and not have to deal with all of that. So 
really disappointing. Such an underrated factor in sports that people don't look into. I mean, it's the same thing in the NBA. You get all these got these major superstars requesting trades, and people are like, "Well, what if you just don't trade him because you have him under contract for four years?" You don't the the mistreatment of your players, especially your stars. It goes far with the league, and all the other future free agents see that. So when you go and treat a guy like the Broncos are treating Russell Wilson, you better hope to God that you're going to be able to convince some quarterback to come uh, take a lot of money to play there after you just saw a guy that took a lot of money to play there get completely shafted by your organization. Yeah, just completely disappointing. And we were talking about this morning with Jackson, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, he had mentioned that maybe Russell Wilson to the Raiders possibly in the offseason somehow. And I would love that just considering the fact that he would get a chance to go and beat the Broncos twice a year. And that get back would be pretty cool. Jarrett Stidham, uh, good for him, I guess. He got his first win as an NFL starter. So it's impressive. The Broncos defense played pretty good, forced a turnover, held the Chargers to two for 11 on third downs. Broncos still eliminated with the Chiefs win. Um I think the Broncos win this game pretty easily, regardless of who plays QB. But just Chargers, I don't really have much to say. We kind of know what's going on with them. They're going to be a top pick, you know, head coach. But just disappointing the Broncos um, as an organization, not good. And I saw a lot of Broncos fans want to possibly draft Bo Nix. I think I'm not a big fan of Bo Nix. I think he might be a offense merchant. So if they get that, I'd kind of kind of be happy. Maybe just another Drew Lock situation. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But moving on here, uh, Bengals at Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes had no picks in this game. He kind of got semi back on track. They weren't phenomenal as an offense overall when it came to finishing drives. They couldn't really finish drives at all. Six field goals from Harrison Bucker uh, was enough to do the job for them here against the Bengals, two teams that we know don't like each other with scrappy early and often, especially with Jamar Chase. Um, Rashi Rice and Isaiah Pacheco, two huge games. From two young uh, stars for this Kansas City offense, Rashi Rice and Isaiah Pacheco will probably be there for a long time. Uh, it seems like Mahomes likes Rashi Rice and Isaiah Pacheco's just been a tank. Um, Kansas City uh, wins the West. They will be the three seed, uh, taking on whoever ends up being that six seed, which we don't really know in the AFC. It could be a, a collection of teams, but a good win for the the Chiefs. They beat the Bengals team and eliminated them, essentially. I don't know if they're actually eliminated, but they're essentially eliminated the Bengals. So um, we'll see uh, with Kansas City how it works out for them. But just get a couple wins here to end the season, finish as a three seed, get a little bit of momentum, and no one's more comfortable than this team in the playoffs. Yeah, Bengals were eliminated with that loss. There's no way for them to get in. Uh, AFC Championship back-to-back years rematch. This time, no Joe Burrow and really showed. Jake Browning was okay, not great. Bengals got ahead early and looked like they would have a chance to steal another one. Chiefs looked like um, everything that's happened the last couple of weeks was going to happen again, but they were able to pull away. Isaiah Pacheco, career best, 130 yards to help secure the number three seed for the Chiefs. Mahomes is most likely going to have to play an away game no matter what if they want to get to the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs, they're able to win their eighth consecutive division championship. That's very impressive. Like you said, Rashid Rice has been great, 127 yards receiving. He's really come on late this season, and he's hoping to be a weapon, like you said, for years to come. Same thing with Pacheco. Uh, For the Bengals, T. Higgins got hurt in the game. Jamar Chase really wasn't great. Three catches for 41 yards. Mixon, 21 carries, 65 yards, not too much. Um, Bengals. 
you did the best you could with considering the circumstances of losing Joe Burrow, the slow start to the season. They just weren't able to overcome all of those challenges, but nice one for the Chiefs here. They win the division again. Yep, moving on to our final game here, Sunday Night Football Packers at Vikings. Jordan Love had a great game in this one. The Vikings quarterbacks, both of them, Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins, did not. Um, is Dobbs uh, inactive? I think so. I think he's hurt. Okay, that makes more sense then because I was like, damn, they came back to Jaron Hall. I was like, what are we doing here? But uh, the Packers dominated this game. Aaron Jones, another big game as he continues to get healthier. Uh, after sitting out some games last minute, uh, specifically the Giants and Packers game where he looked like he was probably going to play all week, then bailed last second. Uh, and he's been great since then, of course. Jordan Love uh, made all the Packers' weapons look good this game. Tucker Craft had a solid game. Dobbs, Darren Reed, uh, they've all had great games this game. And Jordan Love was the the reason that that happened. He didn't have many errors at all. Uh, against a Vikings defense that on the back end, they're not great. On the front end, they're pretty good. Uh, the Packers' line held up, surprisingly, uh, which is great for them. The Vikings' offense somehow got stalled after a pretty solid week last week outside of the turnovers. Uh, they got somehow got stalled by this Packers' defense that was playing really, really bad. They had a ton of punts this game, one very bad turnover. Uh, and the Packers uh, – sorry, the only Vikings touchdown – came after a muffed punt uh, that led to a seven-yard touchdown drive. So nothing impressive from the Vikings here at all. Packers win. They got to win next week against the Bears, and hopefully they get in for them. Yeah, what a game from Jordan Love again. He's really come on now late in the season. He had his struggles early. Uh, he 24 for 33, 256 yards, one of the best games of his career so far. Um, puts them in the same situation as they were last year, win and get in. Like you said, this is going to be a big game for him. You really want to get a – playoff start for Jordan Love in his first season as a starter. That'd be very impressive. Jaden Reed, again, very impressive. Now with 10 touchdown catches this season. Uh, he set the franchise rookie record with 60 receptions passing legend Sterling Sharp, a brother of Shannon Sharp. Great player. Um, what a game from their young weapons. Like I said, Jaden Reed, six catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Bo Melton, I think he was on their practice squad. They signed him after the game. Six catches for 105 yards, so Impressive to see there. Aaron Jones starting to get going now, 120 yards rushing. So Packers offense was just firing on all cylinders. And the Vikings offense just wasn't. Preston Smith, strip sack. Um, nothing going for Justin Jefferson. Five catches for 59 yards and fantasy championship weekend. So if you had him, that was a disappointing performance from one of the best receivers in football. So big win for the Packers. And I do have a question for you here, Josh, real quick. Being an NFC North fan, a Detroit Lions fan, on a scale of 1 to 10, how nervous are you about how good Jordan Love could be? I've seen him play bad. I've seen him play good. I don't think you have enough data yet. I think he could be really good. I also think he could be a bust. So, so, so a 5? Five? 5, I guess, yeah. I guess I'll say 5. Um, Yeah, but the Packers a little bit on brand there. Melton was hot. <laughs> uh, But <laughs> moving on here to studs and duds for uh this week. Uh, my studs, two Browns players. Uh, the Browns have been injured all season, like we said. Uh, no Amari Cooper this week. They haven't had Chubb for so long. They haven't had their quarterback for so long. And the two guys who need to step up for this team, Jerome Ford and David Njoku, both showed up and showed up big this game. Jerome Ford, 12 carries for 64 yards and two catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. He had a big 50-yard uh, 
receiving touchdown. He was great. David Njoku has been one of the best tight ends in the league over the past month or so. He gets six catches on eight targets for 134 yards. He was great. He did have a bad fumble at one point in the game, but outside of that, he was pretty good. And for my dud, going with Austin Eckler. I mean, I think he's up there with, uh, like you said, if we did a studs and duds for the whole season, I think he's up there. Um, he was bad. He, uh, His team was missing all three of their top wide receivers. Their quarterback, you are the veteran of this team. You are the leader of this team. And to go out there and have 13 carries for 46 yards and one catch is brutal for Austin Eckler. Uh, the fall off has been bad for him. He looks slow. He hasn't been quick and been a tough, tough season for him. Yeah, for studs, um, honorable mention, Tyron Williams, 87 yards, three touchdowns. Great game from him. Um, but I am going to go for my start of the week, C.D. Lamb, the guy who went off against the Lions. I just keep that he's actually the number one receiver in fantasy football overall. So good for him. 13 catches, 227 yards, touchdown. He was phenomenal. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And for my dud of the week, I'm going to go with Nick Sirianni. Uh, game, you're going against a bad team, your old defensive coordinator, and you get absolutely outcoached by Jonathan Gannon. Just embarrassing loss, lose the division on it, basically. So Nick Sirianni is my dud of the weekend. CeeDee Lamb is my stud. Honorary dud, that good-for-nothing nobody Brad Allen. Oh, yeah, um, that should have been your dud. Yeah, I thought of it after after you said Sirianni. But regardless, that'll do it for the Week 17 recap of the Engage A podcast. As always, hit the links in our description for our Spotify and our social medias. We'll be back in a couple days, no Thursday night game. So maybe towards Friday you'll get the episode for the preview of Week 18. Uh, but until then, we'll see everybody in the next one.